Hi everybody, this is Adam. And this is Jesse. And life is so good, we, we can, can hardly, hardly believe, believe it. it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can Hardly Believe It. This is our first episode of the new year, 2024. Happy New Year. Yes. So, no, go ahead. We've been out for a while. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you for being patient and listening to our reruns. Um, I'm just going to be completely honest. We have been absolutely enjoying our baby being cast free, surgery free, just watching him blossom over the last couple months. And I personally was just like, I'm not going to miss this. It's just been so amazing to watch his progress he has started talking he's yet to say mama a little bitter (laughs) but you know just big things have been happening for him and i don't regret one bit pouring into him no i agree we've been really busy um with holidays and everything going on but yes focusing on family um so we we hope and believe that our listeners will understand that family is our our primary concern always. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, funny, because I think that's what we're actually going to talk about today is the ministry at home. But Adam and I were just talking before we were recording. We we um, got on this subject because um, a friend of ours was talking to us and just seemed really disappointed with what's going on in the church as a whole um, these days. And we just had, we have different perspectives as always. Adam and I were polar opposites. So we just engaged in a really cool conversation and we decided to record a podcast on why we love our church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that I'll start off with that makes our church so cool, it, that makes it such a good fit for us is I think we've both been burned by the institutional church concept. Yes. We've both seen the the show that it is and and that it doesn't always produce the it produces fruits that make people happy sometimes but it doesn't produce the fruits that see lives changed. Yeah, I can agree completely with that. Um the conversation that we were having um was coming to church and being a consumer versus coming to church and being a disciple or, you know, what is your role when you go to church per se? And I will just say my background was very much works-based. What was, what do you always tell me? Quit being Mary or Martha. I forget which one. Yes. Yes. Uh, less Martha. We need less Martha and more Mary. Yes. Yes. I'm very much a works-based person. And I was telling him with what he was telling me that, I understand the concept that you're telling me, which I'm sure he'll get into, but I don't know how to apply it because that's not my nature. I mean, I've had 37 years of thinking that I have to do good to get good, or if I get bad, I've done bad, I need to examine my life. And that's just really not how grace works. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think that that's part of where I was going with that on the institutional church is what we've been through. Um, what I was brought up with a lot, and this may, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, just to, so that I'm not coming off toward anyone. I don't know that I, the pastor was bringing this message, but it's the message that I received. And what I got was they weren't making a distinction 
between salvation and following. You know, you can call it following, you can call it discipleship, you can call it service, because it encompasses all those things. But it was, if you're saved, then you do. Or, you know, it's what I like to call backloaded works. Um, You're not saved by the works, but if you're saved, you're going to show them, which is just an excuse that gets people putting in extra works to try to show how saved they are. You're still trying to earn your salvation. Um, so they weren't making a distinction between discipleship and salvation. So it leads to always working. And I'm not saying don't do stuff. No, but I think that even goes back to our discussion we had at lunch today was transactional. I don't know if you call it salvation or whatever. Like I'm very much like we were talking about, like we really want a house. We've been looking for a house for two years um, not because of like any financial hardship. It's just, I'm picky and I don't want to make a 30 year commitment on a house that I'm not in love with. Um, but I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like I was literally talking to Adam today. Like I feel so stuck in several things. I feel stuck in my job. I feel stuck in my Bible study. I feel stuck in my working out. I really feel stuck in this house situation because I feel like there's no momentum. And I said, what do I have to do to get this thing rolling? And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to worship music. I'm being a good person. Why won't God answer my prayers? And he's just looking at me with this blank stare. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny because Jesse does. She, she, she gets it so often, but she will slide back. She will slide back into the... Why am I not? Why, why is my working not producing God's results? Why is my working not working? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I'm working for the blessings, God. Well, if you got to work for it, how's it a blessing? Yeah. So, you know, just know that you're not alone if you're not understanding the concept that we talk about, because like I hear the words, I understand it. But like I said, 37 years of being taught what I was taught or, you know, like you said, the messages I was receiving, it's a hard habit to break people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the plain and simple fact is so often the message that we've received through our lives has been that salvation equals behavior modification. And that's just not true. It's, you know, you're, you're not trying to keep it, earn it. It's, it's salvation. It's not probation. Um, you're not scared to lose it. Um, now I'm not saying I'm hyper grace. You should go. You, I'm not in, in any way advocating for sin in any way. Sin is, is not good. It does give us consequences from God. Um, we do have a troubled life here. We do face consequences after sin is not being promoted. So let me be very clear. By the same token, though, I think we need to know that there's assurance in our salvation. And it's not based upon what we do. Yeah, and I think the reason that we fell into this rabbit hole was because I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And of course, I wasn't saying what that was at the time. It was just like, I kept saying, like, what do you mean? Like, what do I need to do different? Because in my eyes and what I've seen in the church growing up and recently is like ministry has to be out loud. I don't know if that's the right description, but it like has to be seen to be valid. And that I don't 
feel like that's the case for me. That might be for other people. But I feel like the church sometimes sends a message that like you have to be on a platform or you have to have like a major following or a radio show or whatever for your ministry to count per se. And the reason that I say that is because I deep down in my heart think my ministry is to be a good wife and a good mother and make a home that's happy and healthy and to help the unfortunate, you know, like my day job, if you know me in real life, my day job helps very, very underprivileged people. And I don't have to go Facebook Live and let you know what I'm doing every day because I don't care what you think. That is truly where my heart is. I truly want to help these people. And other than that, I truly just want to make a home. And that is my ministry. I have no desire to be on a platform. I have no desire to get a mass following. Like that's not part of my ministry. And I think that what I was like hearing from, not from not hearing from you, but like the message that has been sent to me from the church for several years which is why I hated going to church for a long time is because I was like, they think they're so much better than me. And I just, I just want you to know that that's not always what ministry looks like. No, you're right. Well, I think what you're describing is a, a church setup that looks kind of like working your way up the corporate ladder. Yeah. You want to, you, you want to be the, the chief, chief operating officer of the, of Jesus. Right. And I I truly don't. But like if my church family called and said, hey, I need you to help set up chairs, I'll be the first one there. I'll kick the door in. But I don't seek out like living my entire life at the church. I just don't. That's not my ministry. Well, I I think this goes along with what I was discussing with our friend this morning that let's be honest, uh, church isn't really where we should be performing most of our ministry. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're, we should go to church to get equipped and prepared to go, then go out and see people on the streets or in our everyday life or, or reach people in some, whatever you're called to. Um, we, that's where the ministry should happen. It's the example I gave you of, you know, I'll hear people say, boy, I wish I could get them to church to my pastor. Well, why? Your pastor's got no special Jesus compared to you. Give him Jesus. Don't get him to someone else. Yeah, and I think you gave a really good analogy that made me go, huh. Um, you said, you know, if the church is full of believers, why are we preaching salvation in church? Yeah. You should all, you, if you're all believers, we're all saved. We really need to be preaching salvation outside the church doors, you know? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think we need to strengthen each other by reminding each other of how important our salvation is, of the joy of our salvation, just like is done throughout the New Testament. Believers are, are, some of Paul's epistles are are to believers and he's reassuring them. But that's the point. We reassure each other of our salvation. You know, if you're coming into the church, if we're bringing you into the church as believers and then we're preaching how, how you need to get saved, we're, 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 as they say, preaching to the choir. It's, Mm -hmm. It's pointless. Um, we need to reiterate the gospel and equip people to take it out into the world. Yeah, I will say that's one thing that I struggle with. Like if one of my people that I help every day was like, can you lead me to Jesus? I'd probably freeze. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, I know that here's your gospel tract. And, you know, if you pray this magic prayer, it's all going to be kosher. Here's your nap crackers. Have a good day. Um, but like truly ministering to someone and truly leading them to salvation, I'm not quite so sure that I'm ready for that. Well, and I will say that even though I have done it a few times, I don't know that I was re- really ready or prepared for it until uh, uh, about a year ago. I don't know that I could say, here's the simple gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the gospel is found here in the Bible, and we'll go mm-hmm. over that later. But he, I don't know that I could say, here's where the gospel is, here's what salvation is. It, to me, I was still given that whole, say the sinner's prayer, and now go change your life. Wait a second. Go change it. If I could change my life, why would I need Jesus in the first? What are you, what are you telling me? Yeah. It was a hopeless message that we were bringing. Yeah. And do you want to share what it was about a year ago that made you go, huh? Well, guys, I'll let you know. Um, there was, I don't know if you know or not, if you're a new listener. Um, but my journey to Jesus is very recent. Um, for a long time, like we said, I was just kind of, putting on the show, doing the thing. But like, I remember sitting down with Adam one day and I was like, how do you know if I'm saved? How uh, how do I know if I'm saved? Like truly, like I, I didn't know. I was like, what is happening? Like I, I used to write the Bible word for word, miss a comma, you're going to hell, you know, situation. But I never understood the Bible. I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't understand who Jesus was. You get what I'm saying? Well, we call you, you knew of Jesus. Yeah. You believed of Jesus. You didn't know about believing in Jesus. Yeah. I would say maybe or knew of him, but not knew him. Um, that was a couple years ago, though. That's why I was thrown off there. Yeah. You got the awkward silence. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's been that was in the old house. It was over two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, I do remember that, and and that's what led me on my journey to go. Holy moly! Yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. I've been winging this and faking this, and I need to know. And I find it pretty sad, though, also, that we weren't discipled better to know how to bring that gospel message. Yeah, and just, you know, speaking of our journey from just a couple years ago, going to church was our biggest fight in our marriage. I hated going to church. And probably for this reason, now that I look back, is because I was like, oh, they think they're hot stuff up there, you know? Um, and, you know, when we landed at our current church, it is just a total 180. Like, it has absolutely changed my life um, because they accepted me for exactly what I was. Yeah. They know they can call me anytime, and I will show up but they don't shove it down my throat. Well, and I think it's also important that they do call you. Yeah, and they do when they need me. That they actually utilize you, that you have a purpose and, and a point. But they utilize my gifts. Yes. They know my gifts. They have identified. They know when somebody needs a casserole. Doop, 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 doop. Hey, girl, can you make so-and-so something? They had a knee surgery or they had a baby or they had a death in the family. I am always one of the first people they reach out to because they know that's my gift. Yes. Like, I love cooking for people. I love mothering people. Things like that. Is it luxurious? Do I get my face plastered on the church website? No. And I don't care. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of um, 
the instruction we have to not be like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. preaching out or praying out loud on the street corner. Yeah. Um, just, just for attention, not saying don't, not saying that praying out loud is bad. Don't get me wrong. But if we're doing it for attention rather than for a purpose. Right. And I think that does come a lot. And, and, you know, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating to watch people with, or, you know, or not people to watch churches that don't bring a sound message of assurance and stability to people's lives yeah. of Jesus, who Jesus really is. Yeah. Cause I always thought there was something wrong with me. Mm hmm. When in fact, my giftings and my ministry was not being identified at all. And now it's like, I found it. I found my place. I found my, where I can thrive and it's not glamorous and I don't care. And you're not shamed for taking care of your family instead mm-hmm. of being there every time the church doors open. Oh, don't even get me started, guys. I think that is the number one thing I love about our church. Like, guess what, guys? I didn't go to church today. <laughs> I didn't feel good. I had a lot of stuff on my plate that was weighing on me, and I stayed home. Adam and the baby went. A couple of people asked where I was at, but I didn't get any text about, like, why weren't you at church? And the Lord looks down upon you for doing homework or whatever, you know. <laughs> I think that is one of the best things about our church. They understand that family can be a ministry. Yeah. And there's no guilt or shame attached to that, and I love it. No, I think our church has a very strong uh, family focus. Yeah. We understand. Um, you know, I, I I believe that Pastor Kevin will even, I've heard him say that, hey, we're not trying to hang out at church all the time. You, you didn't get saved so you could be slaves to the church doors. You got saved so you could have, have a life. Yeah. Um, and, and that's important to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what are some of your favorite things about our church? Well, I, I think that I, I've noticed that Kevin and I have a similar sense of humor, uh, to the, with his messages that he brings. And they're very similar to mine. We both can laugh about the human condition a lot. Yes. We're, we're both aware, you know, he, he made a comment today in his sermon that, um, well, you know, all people are hypocrites. Yeah. And, and that was real. And you don't get that at a lot of churches. No. You know, so. I, I do think, real quick, in the new lectures, I love how human our pastor is. Mm-hmm. I think that is a misconception that a lot of people have. And a lot of pastors self-impose that they're in, in some ivory tower on a pedestal. They're better than us because they're the pastor. And I've never gotten that from Pastor Kevin. He's like, I'm a human. I'm a parent. I've raised kids. I've lived life. Like, we're all on an even playing field here. My gift just happens to be pastoring. Mm-hmm. And I do love that about him because it's relatable. It know? is. Anyways, back your turn. Sorry. No, no that's, that's it. Just I think we're very human, down-to-earth, realistic church. We're, we're walking in the spirit, but, but still having to live in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, it's just a very human thing. Everybody's... It's for such a large church, everybody's pretty focused on, on checking on each other. But mm-hmm. like you said, not in a way of why, why was thou not at church today, Jesse? Yes. Um, you know, I, I've been to those churches where if you don't show up two Sundays in a row, you're a backslider and a deacon needs to call you. Yeah. Um, not going to happen here. Yeah. I so what, what is it that you're enjoying right now, babe? Um, like I said, just being able to. I know. Uh, I let me I'm like, you. I feel like I've already said it. Like okay. I just, you, you just know, liking that they, they 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 love you for who you are. Yeah, I really feel loved for exactly 
who I am. I don't have to put on a show. I don't have to entertain anyone when I'm at church. Um, of course I, you know, mingle and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a running joke that I'm still sitting in the back row. My Baptist roots are deep, but like, it's just, they truly want to see you develop and bloom as your own person, whatever that looks like. And that's what I'm enjoying is finding who I am in the church body, who I am in Jesus and who I am in my marriage and my motherhood. And I've got like the coolest people backing me up. Like truly the coolest people I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's not in a, uh, it's in a very supportive way and it's in a very Christian way. It's in still a spirit filled, um, uh, wholesome way, but it's, it's fun. These are people yes. with, with a great excitement for, for salvation and for life because of salvation. Yeah. I was like, I really can't put it into words. You just, you have to come, you have to try it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is your invitation. I am extending an invitation to you. And I'm sitting here looking at because I never invite anyone to church. I'll just go and tell you. Um, but I am extending an invite to each and every one of you to come to Expression Church of Huntington Sundays at 11. And you can sit with us. Yes, absolutely. If you'll shoot us a message on uh, social media, we'll be waiting for you at the door. Yeah, absolutely. MPS, they have the best candy bowl. <laughs> they have cowtails in there. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> We do have a great candy bowl, and it's a it, it's a great ministry tool too. Absolutely, I love those ladies up front. But you know, yeah, we were having me and a friend are having a conversation of how so many uh, it will come to church. Um, there, there, so many people are saved without following a purpose. You know, we are saved, and, and yes, you can be saved and do nothing. I'm going to say it. You can be saved and sit in your home and not spread a gospel message or do anything nice to anyone for the rest of your life. Now, that sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. It does not sound like fun. It sounds like something I'd have to restrain myself from, having the joy of the Lord within me. But you can do that. Um, but we are saved to a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's easy to... To, to want to do some stuff, but I think we need to be strengthening each other as we mm-hmm. go. And sometimes people miss. I know with me, I didn't have a strong foundation of what assurance of my position before God looked like. Mm-hmm. I was still afraid of losing it for doing something wrong. And, you know, yeah. did I pass gas in the pew on Sunday? I mean, you know, um, which by the way, there's probably a pretty good chance I did. <laughs> um, but once I became secure in my position, my standing before God, which does not change based upon what I do, mm-hmm. I became more secure than in sharing that, in doing good works to help other people, in sharing the gospel message, in just doing something for somebody because I can, because I've been blessed and can do it Do it for you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know uh, it was just coming to me as you were saying this, that um, our church really turned God from a judge to a father. And even father seems really authoritative. Like he really turned, like they've really turned the perception of God into like daddy. Like I literally can talk to God about anything. I can talk to him about my bad hair day or I can talk to him about, you know, I'm worried about groceries this week or something, you know, like stuff that I would never pray about before because i had to be holier than thou <laughs> now i'm like yo god like hey uh what's going on 
Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, it's so funny that we people get this idea that they're going to impress God. Yeah, that they're going to impress Literally, the Creator yes. that knows their heart, knows every intention in their heart, and they're going to impress Him somehow. Like. What are you doing? That sounds so funny now that you say it out loud. It does. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Like, he doesn't already know that I am like a mess 24 seven. Well, yeah. It, you, you're not going to pull one over on him by dressing in your button down and blazer to go to Bob Evans on Sunday. Like, right? God already knows you. Yeah. Yeah. How funny. So those are some of my favorite things about church or our church and specifically our church, Expression Church of Huntington is I have just really like you said, found my assurance and my standing with God, really found my ministry, which is not spectacular to anyone else, but it's spectacular to me and I love it. Can I say one thing? Yeah. It's spectacular to me and our, our kids too. Well, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. I just want you to know. Yeah. But it's just not what I thought ministry would look like. I thought it had to be a razzle dazzle. And that is for some people. Razzle dazzle is for some people. Don't get me wrong. If that's your ministry, rock it. Well, we all have different callings right. and every joint supplies. I think that's something that needs to be said. We do all have very different callings. It does not, we are not cookie cutters. No, no. Some of us will be discipling people. I, I don't feel like I am an evangelist. Um, I'm not going out to, I, I will disciple you more than I will evangelize you. Um, and that's just the way my calling works. Uh, it has my whole life. Uh, and, and that works for me. Some people are called to evangelize. They're called to run a church and pastor. I, I'm more of a pastor than an evangelist, I would say, by far. Um, although I'll, I'll give you some sweet Jesus on the street. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But I think that we're all called. Some of us are called to, you know, going the extra mile above and beyond our work duties to show Jesus in what we do every day. Some of us are called to take care of our families. Some are called to take care of the sick or the poor. And, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because together we make a well-oiled machine. Yes, yes, I love it. So as we wrap things up today, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Okay. Yay, your favorite. I can't wait. So since it's the new year, what are some, a couple of your new year intentions for 2024? Oh, we did intentions, yes. Um, well, you know, one of my intentions is... I. I Everybody's got the weight loss intention. So I'm going to, I'm just going to glance over that. Yeah. I'm done with that. That's, that wears me out. Yeah. Um, one, one of my intentions though is to be more intentional here in the home. Uh, Jesse's love language is service. Uh, so she shows me love by, by doing actions. Um, I'm more of a rest in that sweet grace kind of guy. <laughs> so uh, my intention is to reach her more by taking action in her love language of service. Mm -hmm. I'm stepping up uh, not just around the house, but in the things that I actually do around the house and the thought that I put into things for you. I love it. I love it. And that truly is my love language. And I just think it's so sweet that that he narrowed that down and was like, this is what I want to do for her. Now tell me yours. Okay. So as he just said, he's more of a, what'd you say, rest? Rest in that sweet grace. <laughs> yes. But really his love language is quality time, which includes rest. So I am going to be more intentional about making time to have one-on-one -on -one time with you. Uh, whether that's just take out in a movie at night or if it's getting a babysitter and we're having more date nights or whatever. 
my New Year's intention is to make more restful quality time with you this year. Well, and I think we'll meet in the middle on that. Absolutely. Because we are, we're going to, if, if we're, I'm making time to go out with you, you're making time to go out with me one on one. We're going to meet on that because it, it meets both needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some other intentions that we had, uh, me personally is I would like to get into the Bible more. Like I said, I used to know the Bible front to back, every punctuation, every thee, thou, you name it. But I never really read it for what it was. So um, Adam made us a little reading plan, and I like to write scriptures. So that is my intention for the year is to get in the Bible more. I know, shocker, I have a Christian radio show, and I don't read my Bible every day. <laughs> but I'm working on it, y'all. I'm working on it, okay? Well, um, speaking of the Bible, do you have a verse for us? Yeah, you know, I, I do have a verse. Okay. Um, and I, I want to do this in a way that makes it easy. So we're going to go with Ephesians, Ephesians, mm-hmm. uh, chapter two. Now everyone knows eight and nine, mm-hmm. chapter two, verses eight and nine. But I want you to look at verse 10 as well. And I want you to know that it does say that we are saved to good works, not as a way of saying you're saved by good works. You have a purpose. You have a calling upon your life. Um, so let's read Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. And that wraps up our time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.